What matters to me is this. You build people, and people will build the church. But you can't build people if they're sick. You got to heal people. And healed people will heal people. And then they'll go get people and tell them where they can be healed. Come on. And and that's how you build the church. Because the church is not supposed to be in here. The church is supposed to be out there. And if we're going to represent God, we can't be out there sick. And I'm not talking about physically sick. I'm talking about a spiritual sickness, church. And for years, for years and years and years... We go to the scripture where it, you know, if you're, if there's any sick among you, get the oil and the elders, okay, and smear us down. And 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 we've been smeared down till we look like greased pigs at the county fair. All right, and and we may not be coughing, and our stubbed toe may be healed, but you so full of anger and bitterness, okay. That's what I'm talking about. And today, that's what we're dealing with. We are going to dig about you, and we're going to deal with the real. Okay? Because that is the only way you're going to heal. All right? So y'all ready? All right. Fasten your seatbelt, because here we go. If you have your Bible, go to Luke chapter 13. When you got it, say amen. I'm going to start reading with verse number 6. He spoke also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Or why is it wasting space? That's what it means. And he answering said, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it. And dung it. Everybody knows what that means, don't they? Put some fertilizer on it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. Can you say amen to the reading of the word? Lord, I pray that you would anoint this word. 
anoint the ear to hear, the heart to receive, in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? The vineyard keeper said, let me dig about it. The keeper of the vineyard is the one who had all the time invested. He's the one who had the blood, the sweat, the tears in the tree. He's the one who had tended this tree. The vineyard owner is like, why is it here? It ain't doing nothing. Cut it down, get it out of the way. But the one that had invested time in it thought for it. Okay? He's the one who said, look, man, let me, let me give it one more opportunity here. I haven't done this one thing. Let me try this. And if it don't work, then we'll do something with it. We can cut it down and we can throw it away. Three years. To me, three years has a significance here. What is that? I think it represents the fact that if you've been in church for three years, you are old enough in the spirit to start doing stuff yourself. Okay? I think that it represents the fact that you don't have to wear out your pastor. He don't have to read the Bible for you no more. He don't have to pray for you every time you turn around. Okay? It's time for you to start doing things for yourself. To begin to mature in God. Okay? A baby don't stay on the breast forever. All right? When they get teeth, all right, mamas, <laughs> I ain't never seen no baby with teeth on a mama's breast. All right? If they are, there's something wrong with the mama. Okay? So what I'm saying is you have to mature at some point. You have to grow up. So... We're going to try one more time to see if we can get something out of this tree. If not, we're cutting it down. There comes a time when God will work and God will work and God will dig and God will hit this place and hit this place and then he's going to say, all right, you wasted my time and I'm moving on. I've, I've worked with you on this and I've worked with you on this and I've worked with you on this. But then, I'm going to just, he turns you over. The Bible said that he'll turn you over to a reprobate mind. What does that mean? It means you so stubborn, you refuse to change your mind. And I don't care how much God deals with you, you ain't doing it. You get to the point, you just, I refuse. And God says, okay. Have it your way. I don't ever want to get in that state of mind, do you? 
I don't, I don't ever want to get to the point to where God changes his mind about me, to the point that where God says, okay, cut her down. Let's move along. Let me put something else in her place that's willing to grow, that's willing to be dug about, that's willing to be exposed. Come on. That is okay if somebody else sees her junk. I think that's a big problem in the church. We don't want other people to see our junk. We can't be human. Y'all all right? And this is part of the problem, and I can say this because I'm a minister. And I was a pastor for a long time. I was in ministry for a long time. But people put us up too high. And they can't handle our humanity. Well, what do you mean, Sister Sheila? They can't handle the fact that we make mistakes. They can't deal with the fact that we are just like you. We just have a title in front of our name. And we, there are things in our lives that is jacked up just like you jacked up. All right? We have issues just like you do. And the whole time that we are up here preaching and teaching and, and praying and fasting for your soul, we trying to work out our issues. And we're trying our best for you not to see that side of us. Because if you see that side of us, you might think low of us. Y'all all right? But until we get to the point as ministers that we don't give a flip if you see that side of us or not, because I'd rather be free than worry about what you think of me. And that's the point I got to. I mean, seriously. Miss Catherine, that's where I got. I didn't care no more. I didn't care about a person's opinion. Because people going to talk. I don't care if you, if you perfect or if you ain't. People are going to run their mouth. So talk. Say what you want to say. It don't make no difference to me no more. Because I know what I do. God knows what I do. I know what I'm doing to change my life. You ain't in my house with me. You don't know how I pray. You don't know how I seek the Lord. You don't know the steps I'm taking. So I don't care what you say. Well, Sister Sheila, yes. Thank you. That's freeing in and of itself. Because I have to stand before God with what I have in here. 
not you. I don't have to stand before you. And that's what matters. Everybody say praise the Lord. And I know that went over not so well in some areas, but that's all right. Because look, church, I'm not doing what I do for you. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing what I'm doing for me to be free. For me to be able to function. So that these things that are deep down on the inside of me stop tormenting me. Come on, church. This is what happens to us. If we don't allow God to dig about us, this is what we look like. Just hang on. Walk around with these signs on us. Okay. You got any vacancy? Yeah, room 23 is available. Room number seven's open. Room number 14's open. Come on. Room for rent. Space for free. Because we allow the enemy to stay in our root system. Buried. And then then it's in our head. Because our mindset is going to reflect what's in here. All right? Because if, if you're full of anger, your attitude's going to reflect anger. Okay? You're going to walk around mad all the time and not even know why. Have you ever done that? Have you, do you do that? Does the least little thing set you off? And you don't know why? I mean, it, it could be anything. Somebody can look at you cross-eyed and it makes you mad. And you don't know why. 
And you've even questioned yourself, why, why do I stay angry all the time? Why, do I, why can't I forgive such and so or, or this and that? Why can't I forgive anybody? Why am I so jealous of everybody and everything they have? Have you, do you think about these things and wonder, what is that? Why can't I get... It's because there's something in the root system that has never been touched, that has never been dug around. And we walk around in church buttoned up like we're fine. We walk around like this suitcase. We come in. We're all buttoned up tight, and we sit down just fine. And nobody has a clue what's on the inside. Because on the outside, we've put on a show and a performance for 20 years. With that sign stuck to our head. Y'all all right? I told y'all it was going to get a little rocky. Because we got squatters and hobos and hitchhikers. Y'all hear me? They just kind of popped up. Why? Because they saw. Well, they letting everybody else stay. I'm going to just ease my way in here. They stay angry all the time. Let me throw a little envy in here on it. They got that unforgiveness that won't go away. What about some revenge? Come on. And they don't have no permanent address except your spirit, except your root system. Come on. And what, what happens? You start insulating yourself. Okay? You refuse to feel. I don't want to feel this. I, I'm not going to feel this. If it comes up, you're not going to talk about it. Whatever that thing is, you ain't going to talk about it. All right? You avoid everyone except the familiar strangers that has taken up space or rented these rooms in your boarding house. But... <laughs> These familiar spirits, okay? Familiar. Familiar.
There's two words in that word, family and liar. What does that mean? It means this right here is generational. Okay? And it's a lie. When Jesus stepped off that boat at Gadarene to cast the devil out, and he said, please don't send us away from the region. It means don't send us out of the family. You can cast me out of the man, but don't send me out of the family. I got an alcohol devil. Well, your daddy had one. Your granddaddy had one. Your great-granddaddy had one. Come on, church. It stays in the family. And it's going to stay in the family until you call it the lie it is and the generational curse it is and you put your foot down and you talk about it. And you say, I've had enough of it. You curse it at the root. You dig it up. You hear me? That's what you have to do. Two words there. We got to get to it. We can't pussyfoot around with this and tiptoe through the tulips with this. We got to know and then we got to do. Y'all all right? But we want to protect ourselves from our own emotions. We don't want to feel it. How many people are like that? Mm -hmm. I'm that way. I will hug you. I will pray you through. I will love on you. I will love you through it. But don't do it to me. You can ask anybody who knows me well. You don't force me to be healed. You don't force it on me. And you, I'm not the kind of person that, you know, I'm not a huge hugger when it comes from other people coming to hug up on me. I, I don't linger long. But if I see a person who needs deliverance, I'll stay with you all day long. Okay? But I don't want to feel it. When I feel it, I want to be by myself when I do. Because I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to react. And I don't want to do that in front of people. All right? I don't like to get ugly in the face in front of folks. Okay? That's just the way I am. Don't make it right, but there it is. Okay? But... In saying that, it hinders your deliverance. Because there are times when God shows up to deliver you and you protect yourself from your emotions and your deliverance because you don't want to feel it at the time. And it, it came up and you like, uh-uh, not now. You froze up. 
because you didn't know what to do. But God did. He knew what to do. All right. You got your tree here, okay? But in the middle of this root system here, you got a wound. Okay? And this wound here has got all of these things, these roots that are attached to it. On the surface, the tree looks okay because the wound part is hidden in the trunk. Okay? And all of these little roots, all of these little fine hairs that come off of the root are under the ground. And, and they're shooting off of this side and that side and up in here, okay? And you don't see it. He's going to uncover one layer and say, okay, you need to deal with this unforgiveness. And listen to me when I say this, there are levels of unforgiveness. Come on. Okay? There are levels of unforgiveness. Some run deeper than others. It's just not a generalized unforgiveness. So before you start trying to pluck up the root, everybody's like, put the axe to the root, pluck it up, do this and do that. What's attached to it? That's right. Okay, find out what's attached to it. Because there's always a who and a what attached to the root. Okay? You've got to identify it. You've got to put the name on it. Okay? Y'all all right? Amen. You've got to be able to put the name on it. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to put the name on it. So you have anger, unforgiveness, jealousy, envy, strife, revenge. Okay, why? Why do you have anger? All right, there's a root. You got anger. Divorce, rape, molestation, but who did it? Do you hear me? Who did it? Now you have another one right here. Do y'all see where I'm going here? Who did that to you? Who hurt you to this point? To where you are so angry about that that it has taken up a root in your spirit and you cannot let go of it. And you have you've got to release it. 
And you might not have even known it was there until this moment. Okay? But let God do it. That's right. Amen. Let God do it because that's why we're here. But you have to know that this is it. This is the this is the call. This is it. This is this is what's there. Okay? This is why and this is who. And you have to look at all of these things. Revenge. Why? Because they lived. Because they got away with it. Because nobody did anything about it. I want to see them pay. Do you want to see them pay for what they did? Yes, I want to see it. Okay? Have you ever said that? I want to see them pay for what they did. That's a wrong. That's wrong. But no matter whether it's wrong or right, you really did at the time, and still some of us still do want to see them pay for what they did. Well, see, that has to be healed. Because that is a poison in your spirit. It ain't doing nothing to them. But it is to you. It's slowly eating away at you like a cancer church. And we come to church and we sit on pews and we shout and we worship and we praise God. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we are full of this. And this is why Jesus died. Come on. You hear me? This is why he died. Come on. When he stood in the temple, he said, The anointing is on me. The Spirit of the Lord is is on me because he has sent me to do what? Preach. And to do what? To heal the brokenhearted. To set at liberty those that are bruised. Mm-hmm. Come on, church. Right. A bruise is inward. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yes, it is. That's an inside wound. To deliver the captive. That's in your mind. Captivity. It wasn't so you could shout. That's it. It wasn't so we could lay out the floor. That's right. Come on. It was so we could be healed and walk around whole. Come on. Amen. And know our identity. And who our daddy is. And who we are. Come on. So that we don't have such a low opinion of ourselves. Because somebody did that to us. And we we got self-blame. We walk around with self-blame. Why did did they leave me? What did I do? How, How come they... What could I have done different? I spent a year asking myself those questions. When I know that I spent 30 years doing what I was supposed to do. I I did the best I knew to do. And then I finally come to the conclusion, you know what? That is on him. It ain't on me. 
He's going to live his life. I'm going to live mine. Okay? I cannot spend the rest of my life worrying about the past. Come on. I got to look forward. Because if I don't, I'm touching dead things. That's it. Okay? And I got to let go. I got to forgive. I got to get past the anger. I got to get past the revenge. Come on. And see, that's the kind of thing God uncovered during the last three years that I had to release back to God and say, you know what, God, take it. I had to apologize. I had to eat crow, Brother Josh. I had to do some things that I did not want to do. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and it wasn't because the, everything was wrong. It's because it was the right thing to do. Amen. To free me. Okay? Because you have to understand, this is not about anyone else but you. That's right. And your deliverance. Come on. Because I'm telling you this, as a prophet of God, revival is going to hit this nation. Yes. yes. Okay? And it is not going to be long Come on. before that happens. And he is looking for a remnant of people yes. that are healed and whole, that can go out and do what they have been called to do and know how to walk this thing out. Amen. Because there's a hurting world. Right. That need what you got. Come on. And that have been where you're at. Yes. And they can tell them this is how you do it. That's right. Okay? And you gotta be ready. That's yeah. right. And you gotta be ready and able to discern it. That's right. That's right. When you walk up on it and you and you listen to a person talk. And you hear the tone of their voice, and, and you automatically go, hmm, that person's very angry and hostile. There's something deep inside that's just going on there. <coughs> At some point, maybe God will give you the opportunity to witness to that person. You know what I'm saying? But you can at least pray for them when you walk away from that conversation because you've discerned something there that you would not have discerned before. <coughs> but you got to let God heal you first. That's right. Mm -hmm. Identify what it is. Because you've got to call it out. And come out of agreement. Come on. That's it. Mm -hmm. The power of two. Mm -hmm. You got to come out of agreement with that thing. And it's become so comfortable there. That's it. I mean, it's taken up permanent residence for a long time. My God, it's got its own abode down here. That's it. Okay? It, it, and it's, I mean, so much so that it's had children. Okay? I mean, babies have been born from this. That's right. And the fact of the matter is, it becomes familiar. Mm. And you pass it on. Because your kids will pick up That's it. the attitude. Oh. And it becomes a soul type. Mm -hmm. 
what happens? Your children get married. Okay? So whatever's attached to your child is going to get attached to their husband. But not only that, what's attached to your husband is going to get attached to your child. That's it. Because when they two <coughs> come together, they become one. Is that not what the Bible says? Right. Okay? But if she's been with another person, and he's been with another person, then whatever was on that person <laughs> is going to be on her, and whatever was on this person, are y'all all right? Amen. And we done had us a family over here. Okay? So we got soul ties out in the wazoo. And you don't know what you attach to. That's it. And you already got junk. And you got yourself tied to stuff. You don't know what you're tied to. And you're staying in agreement with it. And you don't know why you feel the way you feel. Or why you act the way you act. That's why you got to put your foot down. You may not have known it an hour ago, but you know it now. That's right. Lift your hands. Say, God, God. I repent, I repent of, everything of everything that I've come in agreement with that is against and contrary to your word. To your word. I curse it. I curse it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I come in agreement. I come in agreement with your word. With your word. With who you say I am. With who you say I am. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Now. I feel better. I don't know if you do or not. Amen. What time is it? Uh, one fifty-two. That's all. My Lord, I ain't done. <laughs> I got camera around you no more, Mike. Hmm? <coughs> Do what? I was messing with Mike. <laughs> He's a bad influence. See? <coughs> okay, now I'm going to talk a little bit about pathology. Because <clears throat> what the world wants to do to all of this when it's spiritually the problem, the world wants to medicate it. Okay? Amen. okay? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with medicine. Okay? Like I told y'all in the first session. I have panic attacks and I take medicine because I don't want to die. Come on. All right? And until I'm healed of it, that's what I'm going to do. But as I was studying, God began to lead me down the pathway of pathology. And the word pathos is suffering. 
the word suffering. And I got to thinking about pathologies and how, where does things start? How does it start? Where does it start? My cousin has not been long healed from cancer. And, and that's when I started studying about it. Where did it originate? Where did it come from? How did she get it? Where did it start? Doctors search for a pathology. They follow a path to see where it began. Come on. Okay? You do the same thing in the spirit. That's right. Where did it begin? Where did the behavior start? Come on. Okay, where where did it stop? My kids just acting out. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, yesterday they didn't act like this. Today they acting out. Or last week, my child wasn't acting like this, but today they are, and it, it's a pattern. Okay, or for the past month, and and you start thinking. Something must have, something happened. And sometimes parents ignore it. Oh, it's just a thing. Sure. Okay? Or, or a growth spurt. Or whatever you want to call it. But if I were you, I would check that out. Because I think there's more that more lying in that than what you may realize. Because I don't think people just act out for no reason. People do what they do for a reason. That's right. Okay? There's there's a there's a reason. There's something going on. So find out why. Who did they start hanging out with? Did they change their group of friends? Come on. Did they get a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you don't know it? Come on. They start smoking weed. Alright? Have they downloaded a game you don't know about? What are they watching on YouTube? Or Netflix? Have they figured out the parental code that you have said? Are y'all all right? Come on, come on. I'm serious. That's right. Do you monitor what they do? Well, they're 15. You know, 15. That's it. My God, they, do they have a job? Do they pay the rent? Come on. You know what I'm saying? Until you 18, you have no privacy. Not in this house. And if you mess with me, your door's coming off. I mean, seriously. You got to monitor what your children do. Because trust me, they will sneak around. Oh, not my child, that'll be the one. <laughs> that will be the one. You gotta follow the path. 
Because sometimes we do what we do because it's a character trait. It is within our character. Everything ain't a devil. That's right. Stop chasing devils where there ain't one. Come on, Oh, I gotta cast it out. No, you don't. Let it alone. My God. I have seen this so many times, it just yes. makes me nauseate. I've seen people tackle folk in church, and I'm like, these people ain't got no devil. <laughs> they, they don't. There is, there, there's some pain buried beneath all that, and, and you need to let them be. They need somebody to love on them and pray them through this. They don't need you up here trying to cast something out, but I ain't there. Some of it is, a, is, is your character trait, though. That's just who you are as a person. It's your makeup as a person. But when you study the medical pathologies of things, of the disease, they look at the behavior of that disease. What it's going to do to your body. How it's going to react. How your body's going to react to it. And when you study a this um, the psycho <clears throat> let me say this again the psychopathology like the mind the brain okay they study the family structure they study the functionality of the family the relationships of the family. The communicational patterns of the family. All of that has an impact on the mental health of your children. <coughs> well, I don't think we get a medical lesson. All of this is attached to your spirit. Okay? All of that is attached to the spiritual well-being of your children. Because we have to remember. God created the family before he created the church. That's right. Okay? Because without the family, we wouldn't have no church. That's it. All of those, family structure, relationship, communicational patterns, all of that is studied out. This is psychopathology that is attached to the dysfunctional side of those sons. Y'all ready? Bipolar disorder. Anxiety disorder. Depression. Disruptive impulse control. OCD, ADHD, ADD. Come on. Dissociative disorder, eating disorders, neurocognitive disorders, neurodevelopmental disorders, schizophrenia, paranoid personality disorder, social anxiety disorder. Come on. Are y'all with me? Yes. And every single one of all of that we I named off is a disorder. Mm. Which means order has to come to the house. 
Y'all all right still? It has to start at home. And for so many years, we have left it up to the church to put our family in order. When your family should come to church in order. Okay? And just because a person has one of these disorders, don't make you mental. Okay? It don't. This does not make you or break you or make you a bad person or, or any of those things. It don't, it's nothing bad or, or any derogatory, nothing against the person. It's just the, the psychopathology of, of a person's mental state and, and how they study it out. That's it. And, and how they diagnose the problem. And I guarantee you, every single one of us suffer from something that I listed. Okay? And I probably suffer from seven. <laughs> Alright? The causes, though, genetics, life experiences, patterns, and habits. Okay? Causes of those things. Patterns, patterns, patterns. Habits. Genetics. Life experiences like repeated trauma. Things that never stopped. It was a repeated pattern. Over and over. And it never stopped. And it will cause a mental disorder. Come on. Okay? It will cause deep sadness. Okay? These are some of the other examples. Excessive fear. Nervousness, deep sadness, hopelessness, suicidal thoughts, indifference to situations. What does that mean? It means you don't like confrontation. Every time there's a confrontation, you're going to run from it. Trouble staying focused. Okay? You withdraw from people. All those things. And because one thing, one trauma keeps repeating itself. Alright? And it can cause a person to lose their mind, church, if it's not dealt with. Okay, and I can tell you from my own experience I was that close to going crazy. I honest to God thought I was going to lose it. Actually, no kidding. I thought I was losing my mind. The enemy tormented me so bad. See, yes, he did. He tormented me so bad that I thought I was going to lose it. 
I would sit and cry and pray and wonder why and beg God to do something about it. And it wouldn't go nowhere. I'd go to sleep and, and pray to God and to wake up the next day and be alright. And I remember I had gone to visit my son. And I only shared this one time. I had gone to visit my son and I was on my way back home. And I was, I was just in that state. I was like, God, I, I'm done. And I remember coming across a bridge. And there was a 18-wheeler here. And there was one in front of me. And I heard something in my head say, if you run your Jeep in between the two on this bridge, it'll all be all right. And you won't have to worry about it tomorrow. Well, did you rebuke the devil and speak in tongues? No, I didn't. I thought about doing it. Because I was tired. I was tired of waking up every day feeling that way. So I almost did it, honey. And I heard God call my name. That's right. 
I wouldn't die until that moment. But I literally wanted to die. I wasn't thinking about my children. I wasn't thinking about my grandchildren. I was thinking about peace of mind. Because I was tormented every day. Because my wound did not get to talk. My wound had questions that never had been answered. And probably never will. And I had to get to the point that I did not care whether they ever got answered or not. Okay? You don't care anymore whether they get an answer or not. You're going to march forward because the answer is no longer matter. That's They no longer matter. Because it's not about the answers. It's about me and my relationship with God. That's right. And that wound has been there long enough. It is time to clean it. It is time to doctor it and let it heal. So that I can grow and flourish and be what I'm supposed to be. That's right. And there comes a time that you have to say it. And you'll begin to see things in your life change, church. You'll begin to see God open things up that were closed. Because God's not going to let you move until your next level of glory. Until you are healed in this one. That's right. Okay? Because there are things that you have to do here that you can't take what you got into your next. That's it. You can't be what you were and who you are at the same time. Okay? Amen. Do I need to say that again? No. You cannot be what you were and who you are at the same time. You gotta be one or the other. That's right. So who are you? What is your identity? Do you know who you are? Come on, right? Do you know who you are? You gotta know who you are. <coughs> Look at your neighbor and say, Do you know who you are? 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 Do you know